him salvation and glory. The King of kings, Lord of lords. Isn't that good news? Tell your neighbor he's wonderful. Tell your neighbor he's wonderful. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we come to you right now, God, just thanking you for being a wonderful God. Lord, hallelujah, Lord, we praise you, O Lord. To you, Lord, there's salvation and glory because of our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, we've come here this morning to worship you, to magnify your name. And, Lord, we also come because we want to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, now for your servants we're listening. Father, I pray let it be all of you, none of me, to speak your word to us, your people, so that we may grow and learn to be your children. And that, Father, those who may not know you will come, ask what must I do to be saved, and that they hear that Jesus Christ is Lord, and they give their lives to him so that now they may live forever. Father, have your way in this place is our prayer. All those who agree, say amen. amen. Amen, amen. If you can turn with me into the Old Testament, 2 Kings, uh, 13th chapter, and we'll be starting at verse 14. In the Old Testament, 2 Kings, starting at verse 14. And I'll read, until I stop. I might read it all, I might read part of it, so I'll, say, I'll just read till I stop. But when you get there, say amen. amen. If you need me to hold on, say hold on. I'll hold on. Because I'll be right there. I'm not going anywhere else. Everybody ready? Amen. Amen. The word of God says in New Living Translation, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows, and the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow, and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open the eastern window, and he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Armenians at Aphek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. In other words, he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Then Elisha died and was buried group of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped 
to his feet. Praise God for his word. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor, say, shoot towards your future. If you look at your other neighbor, if you just need to wake somebody up, just tap them on the shoulder, give them a lightly shake, and just say, shoot towards your future. All right, all right, got some people with me right now, all right. As we look in this text, we see a, a king coming to the prophet Elisha on his dying bed. Uh, it says that Elisha is ill, and he's, he's ill with the illness that will eventually kill him. And so the king, uh, Joaz or Jehoaz, comes to see Elisha on his deathbed. He comes because now his kingdom's in trouble, and he's looking for some help. But yet if you look earlier on this bio of this king, we find out he's a wicked king. Uh, this king uh, uh, did not always obey God, but yet when he was in time of trouble, come on somebody, he was looking for a word from God. I, I know that can testify to somebody here that might have been there, but there or know somebody else that things are going all right, but when t- trouble hits, all of a sudden you're looking for a word from God. When problems come in your life, you're looking for a man of God or a woman of God to talk to because you want to hear a word from God. What I'm trying to highlight here in shooting toward your future, when you look at the text, Elisha gives him a word. I'm so glad God speaks. Aren't you glad God speaks? He does not always speak audibly, but sometimes he speaks through his nature. Sometimes he speaks through other people. Sometimes he speaks through symbols. And here we see the king come to Elisha. The sorry king comes to the sick prophet. This sick prophet tells this sorry king to grab his bow and arrows. Obviously, this king knows how to fight because he kept uh, his weapons with him. So he was ready to fight. He knew he had a fight. So he took his arrow and grabbed his bow. And and look here, look closely here. It says that Elisha put his hand on the king's hands. You see that in the text? And Elisha helped him draw back the bow. And he says, while you're doing this, I, I need you to open up the eastern window. The window that's facing east. Why is that? Well, that's where your enemies are coming from. That's where Aram is, and you're scared about them. So I want you to point your arrow towards your enemies. Open up the window towards your enemies to shoot the arrow out the window. Somebody might get that later on. And he guides his hands back and releases. And then... The Elisha, the prophet, says something very, very special here. What does he say? He says, the Lord's arrow of victory, an arrow of victory over Aaron, for you will completely, for you will completely conquer the Armenians at Aphek. Look again here is what happens. He drawbacks the bow. Elisha's hand is on his hand, and he draws back the bow and releases the arrow. And then the prophet speaks and says, that arrow is not no longer just your arrow, but it's the arrow of victory. And that arrow is going out that window you open, going towards your enemy. And your enemy will be completely conquered. Because why? God says so. 
Is that what the text says? And so when you look at this, look at this, look at this, you see Elisha, the prophet, as a mentor helping out the one he mentoring. Sometimes you have people grab you by the hand and show you how to get the job done. You have a man far away from God coming to seek God. He needs somebody to gently hold his hand and help him through. Some of you sometimes help your children out that way. You teach them how to write their name. You put their hand on the pencil. Then you put your hand on the pencil and you help them write their name. Or, or maybe you're helping them stir up some cookie batter. You have their hand on the spoon or the spatula, and then you put your hand on their hand and help them with that little muscle grease to, 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 to turn it around and, and stir up the batter. Am I talking to somebody here? Now, you notice that sometimes you got to help people along just for them to see where they're going. So you see the mentor helping out the one he's mentoring, saying, I'm going to help you out right here in this stage. Y'all with me here? I'm going to help you out right here in this stage. At this moment, at this time, I am supposed to help you, so I will. So I will pull back with you this bow and, 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 and it's to shoot this arrow towards your enemies. And God has spoken over your enemies saying this arrow is the arrow of victory and that you will completely conquer your enemies. We see here that, that Joash is, is, has a great respect for Elisha because he says something to Elisha. He says something that, that Elisha heard before. Now, Elisha, again, is on his deathbed. It's been quiet for over some 50 years since they heard from this prophet. This prophet came after Elijah to anoint the king that would take over after Ahab and his, and his, no, and his no good wife Jezebel. And Elisha, Elisha anointed Jehu, who will continue on. Now he's with Jehu's grandson, Joaz, who's no good. Yet you can see he has some kind of respect for him because it said he wept over him. Said he barely wept over him and said, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel. And Elisha said that when Elijah was taken up, while Elijah was being taken from him, he said that same saying, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel. And so I can see uh, Elisha was measured by his words. Elisha shot towards his future, and he left something behind him. That's called a legacy. When you leave something behind you, people know you by your words. People can quote your sayings. People know what, know what Martin Luther King speaks. I have a dream. They know that. They, they remember Armstrong and those who got on space, one small step for man. They remember these words from those particular moments. And here Elisha's on his deathbed and there's no good king remembers who Elisha is. He says, I, I remember you. I'm, I'm, I'm crying for you. I, I, you're about to leave me. And look, look, this is how I see him crying. I see him crying because if the prophet leaves, who's going to help him defend against his enemies. I, I see him crying that if he leaves, then who's God going to send to help me out? I don't see him crying because he's, he's losing Elisha, but he's crying because he's about to lose his kingdom. And so Elisha's trying to help him out, say, look here, look here, look here, God, God's going to take care of this kingdom. And you see here, you see here, this is all of an act of faith. Look, look, he comes to the prophet, concerned about an army overtaking his kingdom, but the prophet tells him to practice his archery. 
He, he did not come to show how he could shoot his bow and arrow. He, he did not come for the prophet to help him string it back. But he did come to hear a word from God. And the prophet says, you, you trust what God has to say? Well, open up that east window. Pull out your bow and your arrow and swing back and shoot towards your future. God gave him a taste of what he could see in the future. People in our lives come to give us a, a taste so what we can see in the future. And what we're seeing here is God's preparation. What we see here is God's preparation. The second illustration I'm going to get into is, is your perspiration. What we see here, God's preparation. God is already prepared to defeat the enemy. Tell your neighbor, God's already ready to prepare to defeat the enemy. Let them know God's ready to defeat your enemies. Tell them God's ready to defeat your enemies. Because the enemy's already been defeated. You are more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So, so God's already letting Elisha know your enemy can't beat you. I got you covered. Shoot towards your future. God let you know I prepared a way for you. I opened up this window of blessing for you to shoot out your arrow towards your enemy. And I'm letting you know as the prophets speak, I'm speaking over this. Letting you know that that's not just an arrow no longer, but that's an arrow of victory. And then he got specific, not just an arrow of victory, but an arrow of who you fear, the Armenians. You will completely conquer them. You see how when we trust God and we show our faith, faith is by works, uh, not just by word alone. Faith without works is dead. The prophet tells him that you need to show God your trust and suit this bow. Now I'm speaking over this arrow. All right. I can see now the king's countenance get uplifted. Yeah, I know you're about to die now, but I'm hearing some good news. You let me know my enemy's about to be defeated. That's some good news. But it didn't stop there. See, God's preparation also realizes that you've got to give your perspiration. You see, our perspiration means that you've got to sweat. <laughs> that means you have your part in this, that you have to work in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we say, Lord, I, I'm saved, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and filled with the Holy Ghost, but yet there's some work to do. Jesus said, for the harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few. Tell your neighbor, you got work to do. And so we see here that not only has God prepared us for success, but also he's prepared us for some work to do. And so as we're shooting towards our future, nothing comes easy. Those who win gold medals, those who've won championships, those who've gotten a raise at work, those who graduated with all kind of cumnas and magnets and all them lordies and some thank you lordies, those who achieved those goals. It was with some hard work. When you think about those who are doing high school sports right now, and if they go on to be professional athletes, they, they, that might not have been their goal. Some of these kids just pick up the sport because they like playing it. But yet, if they become so good from their hard work, eventually they get rewarded. But yet, it does not just fall on their lap. It, it, they don't just wake up and say, ah, I'm going to be Michael Jordan tomorrow. No, you got to work at it. Because those who follow Michael Jordan know he was cut trying to make his own high school team. He was cut. Yeah, that, that, and because he was cut, he worked that much harder because it takes hard work to get what you want. So what I'm trying to point out to you is that your work today is preparation for your tomorrow. 
So tell your neighbor, today counts. Tell your neighbor, today counts. Because if you don't have time today, when when will you have time to make it up? You, you know how that goes, right? When you're a day late and a dollar short. Since you didn't make time beforehand, now you're too late. Today counts. And so today, today, this king is learning about his future. Today, this king sees him being mentored by Elisha, how to shoot towards his future. And today, the king shows him your work that you got to do. I like how the New Living Translation translates. It tells him, go get your bow. It's really literally in the, in the Hebrews, one word there, or in the Greek, is one word there that is used to break up bow and arrows. It's usually one word. It's understood. It's all together, your army. So he tells them, grab your arrows and your bow. I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all didn't catch that. Grab your arrows and your bow. And he says, shoot. It was an imperative command. Shoot. Now, catch this, catch this. If he told him to pick up his arrows and his bow and told him to shoot, what were you think going through his mind? I could tell you. I'm going to shoot till I get tired. One, two, three, I'm done. That's too much work. And then you saw a sick prophet. On his deathbed, all of a sudden get riled up with anger because this sorry, good-for-nothing king only shot three times. And Elisha pointed out that if he just went two more times, at least two more or three more times, that would have been utterly destroyed. Coming to my mind that God has already made the preparation, all it required for you was some perspiration. And if you just worked a little bit harder, if you just push a little bit harder, it had already been done. Look at this for a moment. Look at this for a moment. Look at this for a moment. David, little shepherd boy David, told King Saul, who's that uncircumcised Philistine talking about our God like that? The shepherd boy came out with what he had. His staff and his sling. The giant came out with what he had. A shield so big carried by other men. A staff that looked like a weaver's staff so big. Armor that weighed more than David. And he looked at him and told him that I stand in the name of the Lord. And since I stand in the name of the Lord, I have faith in this weaponry I've used before. But he didn't tell Goliath that. He let Saul know. He said, look, Saul, I used this stuff before. If God could protect some sheep, some sheep, he surely can protect his people. And so this weaponry I have is going to shoot towards my future. <laughs> Little boy David became their champion. But yet he was, preparation started then that's going to take over today. Because you saw how the people swarmed around this young man. Because he acted like a king while the king acted like a coward. It says Saul was hiding in the back of the camp. So you saw presently that day who was the king. Because their king went out to fight for them. I wish I had somebody in this place right now. Because as soon as Saul turned his back, God withdrew the kingship from him. He still was sitting on the throne, but yet he was a lame duck. 
Because David was already anointed, but yet David realized my preparation starts right now. Some of us get so caught up that we don't work for what we want for tomorrow. We just want somebody to throw it in our lap. Today counts. You want that job? Well, what are you doing to get that job? Are you looking for applications? Are you updating your resume? Are you working for free just to get some experience? Some of us are so humble, uh, so prideful, we don't even volunteer to work for free. Oh, I, I know I'm overqualified. I know I got the right qualifications. You got to pay me for this. That's what you're offering? I made more than that already. Now, why are you up in here? We get caught up thinking we know our worth, and we don't work to prove our worth. One of my problems, but it's a good problem, is that I never know my worth. So I always try to prove my worth. I, I was the youngest in the family, so I always try to, you know, sometimes I did it to a fault. But I always try to make sure I was seen and heard. <laughs> if you didn't hear me the first time, then I'll say it louder than the next time. If you didn't hear me that time, then let me get up on the table. <laughs> let me do something, call some records, so you look at me and hear what I have to say. And that's the same thing in our lives. That we, need to, we need to channel that same energy and realize I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm not trying to be the loudest one in the room, but yet I want to be heard. And some of us realize that we, we have to work harder. Some, some, some of us are not as gifted as others. For example, I, I, I work hard trying to sing songs. I work hard at this. Ask my dad. Every once in a while, I ask him to give me some lessons. Dad, help me to sing this song. And my dad will help me sing that song. Because it's a song I like. I want to sing it right. And so the songs I know, I get up on the microphone, I sing those songs. But the ones I don't know, I, I just move my mouth. And I say the words. But I can't sing that song. But my dad, you put a book in front of him, music in front of him, all of a sudden the song comes out like this. He recorded it. He's gifted in that. But I got to work hard at that. Some of you might know some people that are gifted. You might be gifted in writing. You can just write. You can write a paper, write a book, write a poem. You can just write that thing down while other people spend a whole day on one sentence. That whole day, you done wrote you an essay. You might know some people that are just good at computers. They can sit down and program a computer, put an application up, put all these kinds of stuff, but it takes you all day just to turn it on. <laughs> because some people are just gifted. So if you want to get like them, you got to work at it. Tell somebody you got to work at it. It's going to take some perspiration. Don't be scared of sweat. Don't get scared to get dirty. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty just to get the job done. You know, if your tire is flat in your dress clothes, are you going to get dirty to change it? Some of you say, no, I'm calling AAA. <laughs> That's what we do. We always look for somebody, but sometimes, 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 you got to do it yourself. Because AAA might not be able to reach you where you are. And so if you didn't take the time to learn how to change the tire before you bought the car, Now, you're wasting your time. Funny stuff, this little side note, this one for free. I laugh at sometimes the people that get a new car but don't know which side the gas tank's on. <laughs> they, they pull up all fast in their new car. 
They get out ready to pump the gas. They got to get back in their car. Because if you don't do it right the first time, you're going to have to take time to do it again. So sometimes it's better for you to make sure you know what you're doing and do it all the way. Tell somebody, go all the way. So we look at this king, this king. Tell that king, you should have gone all the way. That's what the prophet said. Look at you, look at you, look at you. You shot three times. But if you just went five times or six, you would have utterly destroyed. You would have conquered them. Now look at the text. Look at the text. God already told him you will defeat them. But God also said that you will conquer them. You see that? I want you to see that. I want you to see that. I'm not making this up. Says this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory. This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory. God already did the work. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed. I'm gonna say it again. Y'all looking kind of lost. The arrow he shot represented God's work. The arrow he shot represented God's work. The one single arrow he shot represented God's work. The one single arrow he shot represented God. What I'm trying to point out to you that it only takes God one time. But the king thought he was good. Oh, I'll just do it three times. I'll be good. No. The arrow is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you, you see that? For you will completely conquer the Armenians at Aphek. Saying, saying, this is God's part. He's giving you victory. But you will. That means you got to do the work. Tell somebody, you got to do the work. You see, 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 it's like you go to your job and you tell your boss, pay me because I showed up. But your boss looking and say, no, you need to do the work. Some people show up places thinking you're supposed to give them something just because they showed up. No, 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 you need to do the work. Some people walk up in your house acting like they know everything. Like they stuff don't stink. And the problem is that a lot of us do that everywhere we go, not just other places where we think we know people. But we need to humble ourselves and realize, I need to do some work. Oh, Y'all didn't say that, huh? Y'all don't well, talk to yourselves now, huh? Because when we look at it, we look at it, we look at it, the king has some work to do. God let him know, use what you got and you have victory, but the king only used a little bit. He didn't go all the way. Because if he went all the way, he said he would have completely destroyed them. You see, God's work is our, prep, is our preparation for our perspiration. That's your part. You got to do some work. The king was limited in his understanding and trusting in God. He didn't go all the way. Faith by works is, without works is dead. This king said, I will just shoot these three arrows. Boom, boom. I'm done. Elisha looked at him. And, 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 and with my imagination, this is how I see it. I, I see the king shoot three times, and Elisha's waiting patiently. To say, is, is, you know, he maybe needs some rest to get all them other arrows out. Maybe he needs to get all the arrows out. And I, I can see him come back to the prophet and look at it with his, with his bow back on his, and the arrows back on his quiver, and he's just, just in there. And, and Elisha looked at him and said, you done? You fool! If you shot five or six times, you would utterly destroy them. And the situation is that sometimes we get so complacent that knowing that we have victory, we don't follow through with God, what God has called us to do. 
Look, 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 look what it takes. J Jordan, they crossed Jordan with Joshua, but yet they had to cross it. God gave them Jericho, but they had to walk around it. God gave them the hills, but they had to go up the hills. God gave them the promised land, but they had to go to the promised land. And you understand, as they went to the promised land, they had to fight some people along the way. You see, God already gave them the preparation, but they still had some work to do. What I'm trying to point out that we get caught up in our lives, and we're like, God, give me riches, give me health, give me finances, give me a husband, give me a wife, healthy kids, but I don't want to do any work. But no, but no, but no, but God says... Give me you, and I'll take care of the rest. See, we stop letting God be God. God made us for his glory. God wants us to adorn him. And God wants to use you for his glory. But we get caught up want to use God for our glory. God, come and give me a house. Then I'll tell people how good you are. God, give me this new car. I'll tell people how good you are. God, give me a new house. I'll tell you how good you are. God, give me a husband, a wife. I'll tell people how good you are. God, bless me with some children. I'll tell people how good you are. But God said, give me you. And I'll show you how good I am. Uh, give me you. And my mercy, ha ha, will follow you all the days. Of give me you, and you'll forever be with me in my kingdom. But yet, when we get caught up being complacent and not want to do work, we just shoot three arrows, and we're missing our opportunity. God opened up a window to his future. God showed him that how you shoot this arrow, this arrow represents my victory for you, but here's some work that you got to do. He shot the arrows into the ground because that means you got to do some groundwork. See, God's up high. He got the up high stuff taken care of, but you got to do some groundwork. You got to get down and dirty. You got you to gotta be right here and keep your feet on the ground. Tell somebody, you, you up too high. You need to come on down and get back on the ground. Uh, I know people tell you how great you are, but you need to get back down uh, on the ground because there's some groundwork that needs to be done. And, and God has called you uh, to do some good works, and, and he's already prepared you to do this work. And I want you to grab this. I want to grab it. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. But you see here, you see here, this prophet told this king that you could have completely destroyed your enemy. But what I like about what the prophet said, that God was not going to take away him defeating his enemy. He still will defeat him, but he will not fully conquer him. Because you look further down in the text, it says three times uh, he defeated them. But then I want you to look down to the 14th chapter. We see a revival happening in the nation. What does that all mean? Well, when you look at the text, uh, you see how Elisha did die. And since Elisha did die, it says how they buried him in a tomb. And it says that his body has must have been decayed because there was nothing but bones in this tomb. And since there was nothing but bones in this tomb, and this tomb was unmarked, uh, these raiders uh, were scared about some other people coming. Uh, they didn't take time to bury this man. They just threw him down into the tomb. But the record says as soon as his dead body <laughs> hit Elisha's dead bones, uh, he jumped uh, 
right on up and was revived. He was revived. Why was he revived? Why did they even tell me this story in this text? Because God told Elijah that I have prepared people that have not followed after Baal. And you might not anoint the next king, but Elisha will. And Elisha did anoint Jehu. And Jehu went on to be the king of Israel. He restored the kingdom, but he has some bad sons uh, that did some bad things. But one thing that's consistent in all of this was God's covenant with his people. And since God has a covenant with his people, no matter what dormant or dead situations you're going through, God can still open up a window that you can shoot an arrow through and let you know that victory, <laughs> victory shall be mine. Do you see here that the dead man was revived? It was a symbol to those reading this text uh, that Israel was revived. I'm trying to leave you alone, but I'm trying to get to where I'm going. Uh, all I want to tell you that as I shoot towards my future, I'm going to keep on working. Until it calls me home. I'm going to empty my arrows out till I have no more. Because he's calling me to go all the way. So I'm going to go all the way. But when he calls me home, you can take your time at my funeral. You don't have to worry about who's coming after you. You can worry about what tomb you put me in. Because I'm not worried about it. Because the Bible tells me this old body, <laughs> this old mortal flesh. It's going to put on immortality. This old perishable flesh will become imperishable. Just like that Moabite was revived only to die again. You can bury my dead body in a, in a grave, but he's coming back again. And when it comes back, I too will be revived. So I'm shooting today, preparing for tomorrow. So, so, so go tell your neighbor, just shoot. Tell your neighbor, just shoot. Tell him, just shoot. Gotta take care of the rest. Oh, come on, tell him, gotta take care of the rest. Oh, do I have some, some saints when I can just, just go ahead and just draw back your arrow. Ooh. Just draw back your arrow and just shoot towards your future. And let God speak over your life like he spoke over that arrow. This arrow is an arrow of victory. Ooh, victory over your enemies. Ooh. Oh, this arrow. Mm, I've covered you. I've prepared you. Now you just need to do the work. Tell your neighbor, go do the work. May we stand as you stand the hand of discipleship. There's someone here who wants to take a glimpse into their future. Jesus says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a glimpse of your future, of having eternal life through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can enter the, come to the Father but through me. Jesus is a glimpse of your future. One day we'll be changed to be just like him in his resurrected glorious body. Here's your opportunity right now. Here's your opportunity right now. If you have not confessed Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, 
the ministers and the deacons, we stand before you and we stand up to make it easier to come through the aisles. We extend our hands to Jesus somewhere today. Today, today, today. Today counts. Today counts. Make up your mind today. Harder not your hearts.